Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum, Frenchie, and Matthew join me. We've got some IndyCar news. The Barber Grand Prix Honda, what the hell is the race called this weekend? Barber race is this weekend, whatever it's called. Yay, sports. Is it Higpa? What do we have up? Is it still Higpa? Oh, yeah. Honda Indy Grand Prix. Of Alabama. Of Alabama. My favorite state in the country. Just kidding. <laughs> Hiding the bias real well. <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. Are you going? Is Shannon going? Or is anybody? Just me. Just you. I'm, I'm... Yeah. Slackers. Oh. I'm driving down... <laughs> thursday no flights are too expensive man i just i can't afford it right now i need to save my money for other races yeah no that's that's fair i mean flying to alabama sucks because there's never a direct flight to birmingham i remember a couple of years ago i don't remember who it was suggested like flying to atlanta and renting yeah. a car was actually cheaper than flying to birmingham but like really not worth the time and you know effort of driving to the airport, flying, and then driving two and a half hours, three hours to Birmingham. So there's really no easy way. Like, that's the only thing I don't like about Barber is this Birmingham's, like, in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. Did you double check? Double check what? Flights and stuff. Because didn't you just move to Indy? Like, how do you know that? I, it's it, it's the same. I I've I've been looking for the last couple months oh. and the last couple years. So like, yes, you sound I did like check. you sound like someone who's lived in Indy for decades. Like, nah, there's never flights to Birmingham here. It's like, how do you know? I kind of like, <laughs> I looked I looked very very passively like this past weekend or or last week when I was back in Philly. Like, uh, maybe I don't want to drive. And I looked at the flights and I'm like, mm, no, I want to drive. How long is the drive for you? Seven hours. So it's like the mid Ohio drive we used it's to like, have from yeah. It's like going from Philly to mid Ohio. So it's not terrible. It's just literally a straight shot south. I'm gonna stop in Louisville on the way down and have coffee with Cassie Johnston and then Kevin Dejewski is stuck with me all weekend again in the Airbnb. So God bless Kevin. Do you pay for him to do this? Like do you cover his half of the Airbnb? <laughs> Lord. I think he's just like too nice. Oh, like he's just one of those geez. people that like can't be mean because he's way too nice. Well, bless his heart because we've all been there. Except we all act differently around you. Um, Fair. <laughs> all right. Well, this episode has been brought to you by, or will be brought to you by Errol McLaren SP. Since half of the news items that I have jotted down for today are about McLaren, should we just go on a McLaren run here and and just? plow right through it all right let's do it first up sounds like pato is going to sign an extension i believe it was through 2025 and also the current rumblings is felix rosenquist will also be sticking around the second entry there so it appears that their two drivers will be returning next year thoughts questions excitement blue i mean it's fine i don't have an issue with it felix has been a the results really haven't come through but at least he's starting to come around on the qualifying so you know maybe eventually it would it'll hopefully get better there pato after what was looking like he was like super depressed at the beginning of the year with the way things were going has started to turn it around i think he is still a championship 
caliber driver. And I think if they get a little bit of luck and. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. You know, work on the strategy and, and set up side of things a little bit more, I think they'll be just fine. I think they need the stability at this point. They've just had so much turnover in that team over the years that it's time that they keep some drivers for a little bit to actually give them a real chance before just kind of putting people in the car and blaming the drivers for why they can't get results. I don't know. That works in Formula One, though. Or does it? Because, <laughs> you know, subbing... <laughs> Antonio Giovinazzi. <laughs> what are you allergic to bullshit or something? Did that, did that get muted or or did I not hit the? <laughs> no, button you didn't. didn't mute. So we're just gonna go with I your. Could... You're just gonna. You're just allergic to bullshit. We're just gonna go with that. I was trying to find the button, but I couldn't get my eyes open to find the mute button. No. Um, yeah. I mean, replacing Giovinazzi with Guan Yu Zhou is big brain. But, uh, yeah, I think it's good that Pato's sticking around. Felix, I I don't know. I'm still not completely sold on that. But I think, like Frenchie said, continuity is always good. But if you throw in the other kind of big factoid that was publicly reported by Jenna Fryer, apparently Alex Rossi is going to the third entry of McLaren next year as a full-time driver thus leaving his only team he's ever raced for in IndyCar and Andretti Autosport. He's kind of the biggest name on the free agency market if Pato is not there. And so next up would probably be Renus. So what do you guys make of this hotly reported and I'm assuming confirmed because I feel like for someone to report that it has to be pretty concrete so what do you guys think of the Rossi to McLaren rumors slash news? First off, I think that Shannon's probably really upset she's not here to discuss this one because I think she'd have probably have a lot of feelings about it. So Shannon, you'll have to chime in on how you feel about it. No, I got I'm this. Sure Hang on you. a second. She's probably yeah. very excited and super thankful and thinks this is going to be the best signing of all time. Okay, <laughs> Because McLaren can never do any wrong, and they're the best team on the grid. Did I, did I get All that right? right? I, I don't know how she feels about McLaren, but I know how she feels about Rossi. So, oh, she, uh, does she even like that. Rossi? Have we confirmed that? I don't think so. Okay. My thoughts on it, though, 
I'm kind of skeptical on this move. I don't think McLaren has really shown that their cars are worth switching over to that team yet. And to leave your relationship with Honda that he's had, that's been very, I don't know, fruitful over the years seems risky to me, but I guess if he's ready for a change, then, you know, McLaren hopefully is on the way up. So I hope it works out for him, but time will tell. Yeah. I well first off from what I understand it's will be announced later in the summer there's you know some contractual things that you, they have to worry about on the Andretti side and whatnot so nothing's going to be announced in the next 3 or 4 races like I had seen a, a couple places on Detroit Yeah no that's no, it's not no happening way. no no chance so, you know, Nashville gateway ish time. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in that August time frame seems a lot more likely to me. My biggest concern would be like I, I feel like a broken record, but the McLaren strategy game, which has occasionally fallen flat over the last few years. You're you're adding a third car. Are you prepared to handle a third car and not just any third car? No offense to Jordan King, but it's you know it's this isn't like some like Jordan King like decent <laughs> driver. This is Alex Rossi who expects to be contending for a win week in and week out. And if he doesn't get that, you know he's he's not going to be there very long. So that would be my only concern is if if the team is is you know ready to. You know, handle three full-time cars, but I mean, they've been making some good hires from, from other teams and, and engineers and et cetera. So I hope, I hope it works out. I really do. I, because I think McLaren, the name is, is good for racing. Jordan King, if you're listening, hi. Yes. Sorry. I was a big fan back in the day. So I don't forget think what you were expecting to stray this episode, but here you are. So thanks for listening. Yeah, I think I don't really have a lot to add. I almost makes me think that Ganassi's lineup is set next year because you had to have assumed that he would be waiting up for one of those seats to open if possible and or a fourth Penske, but it almost sounds like that's not going to happen either. So that remains to be seen. I apologize to McLaren real quick. We do have to kind of segue into one topic real quick before we go back to the McLaren episode here. Uh, does Kyle Kirkwood to the 27 car now seem all but inevitable for 2020, what year, 2023? Is it sad? I almost said 2021 because I, I don't yeah, even know what day it is anymore. don't even know where we are. <laughs> no, I don't think that's, I mean, yes, I agree. Sorry. I don't, I don't even know how to talk anymore. <laughs> yeah. I a hundred percent think that's where he's going to end up because if you're letting Rossi go and not really chasing after him, then you've got to put Kirkwood in that seat or else he's going to be really pissed that you didn't give him that opportunity and he's never going back to an Andretti seat. Unless it's for F1, but time will tell. Yeah, I think you can go ahead and Sharpie that one in. I think Kirkwood's going to go there. All right. Sorry, McLaren. We're back to you. Their, their Indy 500 liveries have been announced ahead of the test that happened. Um, there's black, orange, the blue that they've been running this year with Rosenquist and the F1 program, 
and white and oh yeah olive green yeah yeah i don't really i mean uh, i'm sorry i gotta remain impartial hey what did you guys think of the olive green colors included on the mclaren cars for the Indy 500 so a lot of times we see what cars look like you know in the rendering and then you see the actual actual car and you're like wow that's way better like even the the Grosjean <laughs> rendering this morning, I was like, oh, cool, another blue and white car. And then, you know, there was an Andretti video or something that you saw, like, the actual car. And you're like, okay, that's that's pretty good. I can confirm that is not the case <laughs> for, for these cars as being at the IMS test last week. I saw them in person. I think the only one I, like, I don't want to say can deal with, but is like passable is Felix's like the 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 green down the middle is like kind of like old school fighter jet color esque but I it's it's not good I mean I respect the artist who kind of like is really trying to think outside of the box the last two years for these special McLaren liveries like really cool idea just the color combinations just it's a big swing and a miss to me. So isn't this a collaboration with Undefeated? Yeah, that's yeah. I couldn't remember what his name was. I was going to say Undefected, but that didn't. No, that's it's a brand, not a not an artist though. <laughs> yeah, even worse. So it's a it's like a popular, I guess, sportswear brand. And I think I want to say I heard somewhere, and if this is wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure I heard this that Juan Pablo Montoya's cousin works there, and so yeah. like he had something to do with designing these liveries. Oh, Juan's gonna hate me now. Yes, because Juan just loved you prior to three minutes ago. He doesn't listen to podcasts. Like, are you serious? Does he doesn't he waste his time with that. Does Juan Montoya know what a podcast is? I don't know. That's a good question, actually. Why, why, why isn't that the first question you ask him this year? Because <laughs> I don't want to get punched in the face. <laughs> Saturday before the biggest race of the year. Uh, Juan, my first and only question for you is, do you know what a podcast is? He just, like, socks you in the mouth. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a better word than hate. Uh, I, I, hate, <laughs> I hate them. I think they're ugly. I think it's a swing and a miss, like host said. And uh, yeah, I will not be buying any sort of diecast for that. In fact, next year when I'm at a track, I hope they're like in the 75% off section. But, go ahead. Can you imagine... Like when you're creating a livery, don't you want it to be something that if it wins the race, this is a car that people will look back on and be like, wow, that was a good looking race car. Can you imagine if one of those cars wins the race and that's something like we have to look at in perpetuity? Yeah, I'm trying to, what is the ugliest Indy 500 car in the last 30 years to win the, win the race? Because, you know, you think like the 95 Villeneuve car, like, oh yes, that's going to be in the museum forever now. Or like Dan Weldon's 2011 car, like that's going to be in the museum forever. Let's go. I think uh, Montoya's 2015 car was pretty ugly. The Which old, one was that? The old Verizon Penske cars before they switched to the 2016 versions. Like the first Aero Kit version car they had with the Verizon was ugly. They were like mainly white, right? Yeah, with it was like mainly white or something. with terrible branding, no side pod logos. Um... <laughs> Sato, Sato when he won for Andretti, that was pretty boring. The oh, yeah. Ruoff, Ruoff was lame. Back to back, epic sponsor deals with Rossi and Napa, and then Ruoff. 
both being immortalized forever. Um, yeah, it was pretty boring. So, yeah, I think uh, that's something the fans need to keep in mind when they're uh, rooting for cars is that this has to be a car we have to stare at for the rest of our lives. Do we really want it to be a McLaren <laughs> with an olive on it? <sighs> so coming to a 75% off stand near you soon. Uh, but the good news with McLaren is that they are, and I do love you, McLaren. The good news with McLaren is that they are planning to enter four cars for the next year's Indy 500. So we will keep our eyes on that. I have to stop you right there. This is too much positivity, and we need more doom and gloom. Oh, sorry. Uh, But they will likely be in a shade of olive, so now we're subjected (laughs) to look at it again. So, Um, Thank you. Let's see. Any? I think that's actually all I had for the McLaren portion of... Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, the McLaren Hour, sponsored by Aero McLaren SP, who has no affiliation with this podcast. We thank you. Uh, Evergreen does have affiliation with us, so right? Stream Evergreen. Yeah. And their green is correct, and it's not some olive bullshit. So thank you, Stream Evergreen. Appreciate that. Host, how was the open test? Uh, you were there for one of the days? I went Thursday. I wanted to go Wednesday and Thursday, but since I was back in Philadelphia before that and my dad was unwell, I gave myself a day so I could you know, test myself and catch up on things around the house. And well, I sat there for the first five hours and did nothing except talk with Eric Smith. And again, not a punishment. Social. Yeah, sorry, Eric. And new IndyCar social media guy, Dontre, who's a really cool guy. If you see him around the track, say hello. And I ended up having to leave early because the test was so delayed. I had to leave to go get the dog before the dog doggy daycare closed. So it was really just I got a, I watched about two and a half hours of testing. I don't know how like. I, I take nothing away from uh, Joseph Newgarden ran a 229 in April. Doesn't mean all that much to me. But it was good to see cars on track. Looked like everybody checked everything off their list. It was good to be there. The place looks immaculate. Roger Penske did a great job fixing everything up and painting everything. The troughs are still in the bathroom. I can confirm they're still there this year. <laughs> yeah, but what has he even done for the else. series? I'm not nothing. I mean, it's it's gonna yeah. fall off the map probably by June. I think oh, probably yeah. after Road America. That's right. Sorry, he just got through a pandemic, but yeah, he's he's done nothing for the sport. Anyways, um, I forgot what I was gonna say. What about those saves that we saw at the test and Elio crashing? That was kind of the highlights for me of the craziness. Yeah. So New Garden topped the second day. Did Kanan top the first day? I believe. I think so. Uh, yeah, Elio so. spun on day one coming out of the pits, which he was not alone, which was kind of weird. I, I don't remember ever seeing a widespread issue. Rossi spun early on, but saved it. Power spun and almost caused one of the biggest accidents we would have seen in the last couple of years. Thankfully, Colton Herta and the people behind Colton Herta missed it. Uh, Colton did brush the wall spin and I think brush the wall again, but uh, thankfully avoided catastrophic damage or injuries. So that's good. Um, yeah, I think that was kind of the, just the highlights. So 
Oh, I, I know what I was going to say. Uh, the appropriate response to you when you're like, I was there for two and a half hours, saw some cars, don't know what I was supposed to get out of it. I was going to be a douche and ask you, well, yeah, what was this no toe speed? Was this no toe speed any good? <laughs> well, you know, there's nothing more important at a test in the middle of, of, of April than the no toe speeds on a track that is probably 10 to 15 degrees colder than it will be most test days or most practice days for the Indy 500 practice. But, I mean, it was cathartic sitting there and listening to the Speedway cars come to life and kind of gets you excited again that it's A, about summertime, and B, just, you know, less than, what are we, 32 days from the, the 500 now? Something, you know, just over a month, I think. See, I heard what you just said, but what I really heard is it's 28 days until I get to meet Frenchie. Oh, that's weird. I forgot we've never met in person. <laughs> you know, we just I've... casually talk over text and podcast for the last two and a half years without meeting. It's fine. <laughs> I've successfully met, well, I guess lighting. Other than lighting, I've successfully met one person I've podcasted with. <laughs> yeah, And I've been, be how long have I been doing this? 2018, 17? 2018. 2018. Jeez, <laughs> that's so long ago. We've been doing this for and, five years. Yeah, at least one of you is going to be back here sleeping back here and the other gets the big couch downstairs so everybody will be in one roof oh well i think after the stories i've heard it's only appropriate if frenchy sleeps three feet away from you oh no so i think he has I a second bedroom <laughs> yeah yeah that's your i'm in the second bedroom right now no, uh, nobody else is sleeping in my bedroom so uh, oh he'll be sleep sleeping downstairs, in this room? though oh well he's got a door um i get i don't know all right um <laughs> well let's see here I have one thing. I have to jump in here real quick. Go ahead. We have a we have a new partner for the next uh, ten episodes ish. Athletic Greens. I know Frenchie is a athletic. I take green. that every single day. Yes, exactly. Frenchie is an Athletic Green supporter. I just ordered my first uh, order like an hour ago. Uh, they are uh, they, it's a a product to help with more energy, optimize immune system. If you don't like taking pills and vitamins, but you want a supplement that actually tastes great and want to see what the hype is all about, go to athleticgreens.com. It doesn't taste like it's one of those super healthy, gross drinks. It's actually really good. Also, you're on video, so you know this is this is going on video. I can okay, and it has a mild tropical taste that everybody looks forward to each morning with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole sourced superfoods probiotics and adaptogens i don't know what that word means to help start your day right special blend of ingredients supports your gut health nervous system immune system energy recovery focus and the most important one for me aging <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you can take it whenever you want throughout the day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. A subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D as well, which is great during these cold winter and spring months. Costs less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health and cheaper than your cold brew habit. I feel like that one's also targeting me. It probably is. 
That's funny. <laughs> seven thousand over seven thousand five star reviews recommended by professional athletes and Frenchie. You can find it on leading health expert websites like Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Okay, so you can get a one year supply of free vitamin D in a in addition to five free travel chat packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, athleticgreens.com slash emerging. More green. That stuff is good, but I mix it a little bit with orange juice because I'm not a huge fan of the flavor. But other powders that I've tasted are actually worse. I think to get all the stuff that you get out of that, they have done the best job they can in making it taste good. But yeah. All right. Well, thank you to stream evergreen athletic greens i think our best partners all have something to green. do with the shade of green yeah i think thank you everybody except mclaren for running olive green yes uh well i feel like i have to mention now that firestone and their parent company have launched an initiative to be more is it zero carbon oh, emissions yeah. and more sustainable growth for tires and reusing you know, sustainable practices and whatnot. So at the pit stop competition and at the Nashville race, the tires will have a green sidewall. So at Nashville, instead of red tires, there'll be green tires. So I am so sorry, NBC booth, Uh, but they will be green. So have fun trying not to say reds the entire weekend. Um, The Indy 500 qualifying changes were announced today. I don't know if anybody was expecting them, but there is probably going to be no bumping this year. So I think this was an effort to help make more fun question mark. So instead of a fast nine shootout, it's going to be a fast 12 shootout. And then after the 12 do their run on Sunday, the top six of those 12 will redo it and do a shootout for the poll. And if you're 13th through 33rd, assuming there's no bumping, you get to chill. So what do we think of the uh, additional changes today? I, yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, it's a way to kind of build some excitement, especially for everybody there. But for people watching on TV, you kind of get people drawn in because you don't know who's going to get the pole position. I was definitely kind of bored of the Fast 9 style really since it came into existence six or seven years ago, whenever that was. But it's, I don't know, it's fine. It's not like the worst thing ever. And some of the complaints online I've seen are, I I mean, what do you expect at this point? Doom and gloom. The series is going to end because qualifying. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's, cool because at least you might get a few guys in that 13 to 17 range who are you know a tenth off of making it into the top 12 maybe they go make another attempt on saturday so i think that is intriguing guys who make the top 12 their sponsors will be happy because there's three more cars that are going to make that prime time tv window sunday afternoon but i also don't think it's something to get like totally flustered over so sorry. I think that it, wasn't doom and gloom enough. I know. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be doom and gloom about it either, unfortunately. I think it 
kind of aligns itself with the road and street course qualifying where we have a, a 12 and then a fast six. So it might actually be easier for fans of the series who watch every race to kind of understand and not have to learn something new about Indy 500 qualifying. Stop using so much logic. Okay, well, I'll speak on the behalf of the doom and gloom crowd and saying that it's not—it's nothing to get bent out of shape about. A, I guess I'll start with that, but it's—I uh, think the qualifying system without bumping, just like I don't really care about it anymore. If there's no bumping, so like the run for the pole is cool for just like the historical factor of you know we always remember who gets pole and it's really fun for them and. It's a really big milestone because qualifying at Indy is no joke. However, just changing up the system again, and I think, like Host said, the Fast 9 shootout is pretty dull, and I'll actually dig into the numbers tomorrow and share it with everybody. Like, you know, if you are ninth going into the Fast 9 shootout, where are you actually going to qualify? Because the only one that I remember that actually far exceeded where they originally qualified was Piggott that one year where he started in the front row. Yeah. Other than that, it seems like kind of like, you know, wherever you were before they locked everybody, you kind of ended up around that spot anyways. So kind of redundant and pointless. I think the only one, the only position is like the guy who's fastest on Saturday very rarely was the fastest on Sunday. Like I think Pagano was like the only one who doubled up on that the one year, I think. So, but I mean, then again, he was, you know, you know, Marco after Saturday of the year he got pole was still, you know, second or third at worst. So, I mean, your point is still correct. Right. It's it's a heck of an achievement for a driver to do this over and over again because that takes a lot of talent. But from a fan point of view, like, it doesn't excite me one bit. Like, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm not going to boycott NBC or whatever. But it doesn't also mean that I just, you know, have to accept it. I just think it's – Lame and doesn't add anything from my experience, but yeah, I am I'm, old. I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited for those who are going who get to ex- you know experience it. It's something new. Maybe it's more exciting in person. Like I'm, I'm trying to keep an open mind, but I'm not like super enthused by it. But I mean, good for them for trying something new and not just rolling out the same thing just because there's no bumping. So how dare you? I, I know. Way too uh, positive right now. Well, speaking of trying something new, IndyCar has extended their current chassis through 2024. <laughs> Again, I don't have an issue oh, with this one either. Oh, my God. But you, you know what the worst part about this debate is? Is the people who go are, who are going, well, the car culture people are really angry right now. What's a, cul- what's a car culture person? You know, the people who like, uh, Frenchy, the people who read Road and Track magazine and work on their own cars, and I'll do that part. But yeah, you know anymore, what I mean. You, but, mean yeah. the, you know, like the old school gearheads, the olds. Is this like and people Frenchy. that have uh, like a Corvette as their profile picture on Twitter? Yes. Oh well. I okay, don't then never mind. Don't, don't let me in with them, that. I guess, but they're saying how terrible this is. Like, listen, we just got through a you know. We're still getting get through it. a pandemic. I, I know. Yeah, I get that. But at a certain point, like, you know, the car becomes outdated and too heavy and needs to be adapted to things like the aero screen. And I know in a perfect world without supply chain issues, that'd be done ASAP. But I don't feel like there's enough being done to 
accelerate this process. So would you, and this is, I don't know the answer. Would you prefer like, so essentially they're, they're now aligning it a hundred percent with the new engine and everything. So everything's probably going to come out at once, hopefully, which if, if that's the case, completely cool with it. If that's not the case and something happens again, then yeah, I'd be really frustrated. Cause yeah, I feel like they've delayed it six times in the last, or sorry, three times in the last six months. So that's kind of my one big like asterisk. Like if everything lines up, like they're saying it will awesome. Like fine. I can, I can deal with it for, you know, another season and a half at this point, season and two thirds at this point. But if not, that's when I, I'm like, okay, this is starting to get frustrating. I get it. Like everything's kind of, you know, supply chain pandemic. Things are a little tight right now. It's fine. But at now at this point, assuming we are you know, continuing to move forward, I just hope there's not more delays because that would be a huge setback to IndyCar. I thought the whole idea was to not have everything at once, like not have new engines <laughs> and new cars yeah. so that you wouldn't have the massive <clears throat> oh, yeah. expenditure yeah, in one shit. season. Hi, owners. Yes. So to me, this makes absolutely no sense that you would align them because then you don't get to space out the expenditures for the teams. And this is probably not a better option for them, even though it's delaying it. I don't know. To me, it's yeah frustrating, like you guys said, but there's not much we're going to be able to do about it um, unless we want to just like angrily tweet the series, no, you need I to, guess. You why need why to, can't we do that? Next, next month, I need you guys to go knock on the IndyCar trailer where Jay Fry is. Start going, what the hell is going on right now? I we feel made like... t-shirts with your name on it five years ago. It's time to start... <laughs> paying us back i'm gonna introduce myself as mike jokum if i go do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna talk all this shit and then like go up to jay fry and be like have you met my friend matt hickey and then put host in front of me and he's gonna like pick him up and break <laughs> his spine in half <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right well um back to we discussed the green tires with nashville well nashville is actually changing some parts of their course I think the most significant of which is that the restart zone is going to be where the race starts going into turn nine. Uh, thank heavens for that. That sounds... And for the jet ski race. <laughs> uh, but I'm really psyched about that because that restart zone last year was just... Horrible. Nonsense. Uh, so that's good. So obviously, we talked a lot about it last year with the year one kinks that hopefully they would work some of them out and it looks like they're actively doing that. So that's good. Um, so I don't know how much we need to add to that, but the other other, I don't know if we've actually talked about it. The only driver news that we got this week was that Peretta Autosport is aligning with Ed Carpenter racing for three road course races this season. So that's good. That's another car coming. Uh, Peretta Beth Peretta is very adamant that she wants to run a full-time operation at some point. So still excited for that. So Simona D. Silvestro will be at Road America, Mid-Ohio, and Nashville. Really excited to see that car at Road America. So partnership with Ed Carpenter Racing, three races, no Indy 500, but that's fine. What do we think about the news that came out this week with Peretta? I'm all for it. I think it's going to probably do 
some great things for Ed Carpenter racing as well, because I don't see their road and street course package as being their strong suit. So bringing in another driver like Simona, who's got the European background and has shown herself to be just, I don't know, all around pretty much excellent. I think it's only going to do good things for helping them get better setups. And I don't know, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it too. Also, I'm not even talking about the on-track part. Ed Carpenter Racing will get you know a lot more eyes on it by aligning themselves with Beth Peretta, which who knows in how many ways that can help on the sponsorship front. Uh, supporting Beth, who seems like a badass woman and really has a good plan to you know get into the series, kind of like Michael Shank, like a you know you know, three races and six races, then 10 races and a season. So like it might be four or five years from now, I might be a hundred by the time Beth Peretta has a, you know, a full season, but what, two years from now. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Doing it. You know, that way seems to be the, the right way to go when you're not flush with a gazillion dollars. And I'm, I'm excited to see how it does on track. I don't, know how much ed carpenter racing and road course racing is excellent especially this year so far but you never know maybe simona will come in and find something that renis or connor has been able to find and help them out and i think the partnership is really cool so i'm very excited all i got out of what you just said is that you're old touche uh, I just want you to know that Andretti Autosport, or I guess you already know, but I want the world to know that Andretti Autosport shared a video today of a behind the scenes with Alexander Rossi at Texas. And at one point in the interview during a segment there, Alexander Rossi said, I'll race anything with four wheels and an engine. I love it. I especially appreciated you tagging me in the tweet so that when I got out of a meeting today, I had like seven replies to one video and it was you then shannon then frenchy then other people liking it all all who understand the joke like, yeah it'd be a, it'd be a shame if i kept doing that i listen i invite it it's it's all good it's all in good fun we're doing this in the name of christian lungard we will clear his name great man i love him he's been he's been falsely accused yes he's been <laughs> wrongly prejudiced did by host and shannon and Frenchie and I are on the campaign to do good. You should make that your like campaign slogan, the campaign to do good. The campaign to do good. It's like the school for the kids who can't read good. You guys do not want me and Frenchie on the same ticket together. We would destroy this country. <laughs> um, what were you guys telling me about SRX before the, uh, the show today? I kind of didn't get too much chance to look at it. Yeah, Ryan Hunter-Ray is running six races. Is that all? Is it six races? Is six races the whole season? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Okay, Hi, Ryan Hunter-Ray is running all the races. I know Marco is running at least some of them. I don't know if it's all of them. I didn't even look at, honestly, I didn't look at what I sent you. I just sent it to you without <laughs> looking at it. <laughs> He's was, running all of them. Okay, Marco is running all of them. So some some IndyCar connections in there, I'm sure. We'll see some some other guys do a race or two. I think... Ernie Francis Jr. in Indy Lights said he's going. He wants to do at least one 
I don't. He's signed up for yeah at least one as a part time driver. We also have yeah. Elio and Tony Kanan signed up for some okay. some rounds. This is like Iraq. Paul Tracy's dirt full season again. Yeah, I don't care. Tony Stewart. And didn't we yeah. find out also that Willie T. Ribs is going to be in the broadcast booth and Connor Daly is going to be a driver analyst at some of the rounds? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's like turning into like IROC IndyCar on dirt. I get I don't know if that it. makes any sense. I, I, yeah, I I'm, I'm interested. I don't know if it'll be a legitimate series until Lewis Hamilton tries, though. Oh, no. Definitely not. I wish I was on the F1 F one episode this week. I have I have some thoughts about him, but it's off subject. All right. All right. Barber is this week. I know host has the time in front of him because he would never just Google it because I don't know it in front of me. But the top five from last year was Alex Polo, Will Power, Scott Dixon, Pato Award, and that can't be right. Someone from France finished in the top five. Are we sure? Bordet, yeah, he did. Oh, okay. Well, we all know our feelings about France on this podcast and the people Horror from France. Country. I love yeah. Bourdais. Well, whatever. You're biased, so your opinion doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> so. Je t'aime. I just hope Joseph Newgarden makes it through the first lap this year. Yeah. Considering. I hope so, too. He was arguably and still is, in my opinion, the most dominant driver at this track ever. I also hope so for. Christian and FC's mental well-being being that he will be at the track that Joseph Newgarden makes it more than one corner this year. I'm I'm worried about our listeners and their mental well-being. Well, they all race in our racing league, the people that are going that we know. And yeah. so their their mental well-being is already shot. You yeah. misnamed him. You, you didn't call him Jeff. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jeff. Jeff. Sorry. My no, bad. I they they have to be be subject to the Xbox party chat during those races, so they're already toast. Um, well, I don't know the, the weather going to be fine. I don't really know. I have a whole lot to talk about with the Honda Barber, the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Barber. Friday and Saturday are good upper 80s. Sunday, there's like apparently a chance of rain, but it might just be hot and humid. USF 2000, actually USF Juniors make their IndyCar weekend debut. I know they raced their first race of the year was last weekend in Missouri at Ozarks International Raceway, I think it's called. And practice is a Friday afternoon practice. I think these times are central. So Friday afternoon practice for IndyCar is 3 p.m. Call uh, practice Saturday morning is 9 a.m. central qualifying is at noon and there's a saturday afternoon practice or evening practice which is in place of the sunday morning warm-up at 4 20 central and then the race is at noon i think green flag is actually like right around noon i believe and i think there's actually pre-race and post-race on peacock this weekend so let's make sure to find at least a dozen reasons why we still hate peacock because it That's, costs four ninety nine a month, right? How I mean, I want not, what I want for free. But also, like, you can't DVR Peacock, which doesn't actually matter because Peacock DVRs everything for you for free. Yeah, but That's I, what I read today. I want the TiVo button to make the noise when I click play. 
<laughs> I can't get the Peacock app to load on my Roku stick. I can't program the thing to say the cock instead of peacock. I'm not even going to bleep that one out. Let's just have fun with it. Yay, we win. I've been broken. Our determination, (laughs) Cody, our determination has worked. We've done it. (laughs) Woohoo. All right. uh, Not that one. (laughs) Damn it. I tried. Like COX. Yeah, like Dr. Cox from uh, Scrubs. The best, uh, the best film character of all time. Shannon has submitted her picks via text today, so we got those logged. So she has Scotty McLaughlin winning, going out on the ledge with the championship leader or second place in the championship. So uh, who do you guys have as winning? Pato Award. Let's say that Alex Pillow follows up his win there last year and gets in the win column. And I will say Marcus Erickson recovers after a tough, tough race at Long Beach. Or I guess a tough finish. He was doing well. Uh, Shannon says top five contender Jack Harvey is her Dark Horse top 10 pick this week. Who do you guys have? <laughs> Dark Horse top 10. Kyle Kirkwood. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Callum Eilat gets into the top 10. I will bet you any sums of money up to $5 that that does not happen. Well, then you're going to have to pay for a month of my Peacock because I can't afford to bet <laughs> That's more. That's true. If I bet the $5, then I can't put it Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't even know who's... uh. Who's relevant right now? Who's irrelevant? Who's a, who's, who do we consider a dark horse at the moment? I am going to say... <laughs> I don't want to pick anybody. Um, <laughs> Let's say Sato. Why That's not? a past winner there. Oh, that's right. When it rained. Is that the year that Hinch almost pissed himself? Isn't that the year Hinch did piss himself? Mm, let's not get bogged on bogged down on who pissed who where. Okay. Uh, who, uh, Shannon has telepathic powers because she knew that you were going to pick Pato, so she picked Pato as her most struggle pick. All right, touche. I'm going to say that. Oh hi. Hmm. Let's say Penske has their first slip up of the year and Scott McLaughlin has a rough weekend. Let's let's go toe to toe with Shannon. I'm going to say that Simon Pagano continues to struggle from his end of race at Long Beach and doesn't do so well this weekend. And I will say. Maybe Grosjean has a tough weekend. Okay. In his not glamorous livery. Uh, first out, Shannon copped out with Devlin. We can boo her now. Boo. 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 <laughs> I, I guess one of us should go. I, I don't know. Let's let's just have some fun with this one. It's not going to be accurate, but Scott Dixon. <laughs> wow, I wonder when the last time it is that he like DNF'd. 
was it Detroit a couple of years ago? I don't remember if he DNF'd when he like stuffed it in the wall. I'm gonna say Elio. Oh, Dixon probably DNF'd at Gateway last year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When, didn't Renus wreck him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was promptly cussed out in Dutch. Um, <laughs> let's see. I will say that Rosenquist is first out. And then best rookie, Shannon said, what do you call him? Baby Mac? Baby Mac. I'm going to say Lungard, four wheels and an engine. Let's get it, bud. I guess technically I have to take Kirkwood since... I yeah, you can double dip and get ten. both wrong. That's fine. Yeah, I'll take Kirkwood. I'll try to limit my losses to. I guess Frenchie kind of has to say Ilod, don't you? Yeah, I think I do. There we go. We're all set. Uh, anything we missed today? Anything else you want to talk about? No, um, I don't think so. After, uh, if you're if you're at the if you're going to be at the 500 race weekend, there's like a big uh, memorabilia show Friday and Saturday. I'll have more details soon, but some of us will be doing a live show there. Only some. Yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, some of us might want to just like, like Hickey, who hasn't been to Indy before. Uh, you haven't <laughs> been to Indy either. Um, yeah. Well, one one of wait, you, you've never been, been to Indy either. In, I've been to Indy. I'm oh. just kidding. Um. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. Like we haven't figured out the details. I just got approval today to get oh, nice. like a like a, a loudspeaker in there, so people can be troubled to hear our voices while they shop for merchandise and whatever else happens to be there. But that'll be on the Saturday portion after um, it opens at some point, probably around lunchtime. And so stay tuned for that. I don't know. Oh, and. If you go to the link in our social media, there's a new Spotify page that has our video episodes only. Now that video support, now that Spotify supports video podcasts, if you don't want to use YouTube but want to look at our faces for some reason, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, why? If you if you need help, please let us know, and we will direct you to the audio <laughs> only portion. Lighting and Shannon aren't on this one, so this yeah. might be one to skip the video. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that's pretty much all I got. So everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!